Welcome to the I Play Games podcast, episode three, starring Chompy, the host, and we got Nudie, RP4, and a new member that just joined our podcast for the very first time, Zeno. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure for you to be here. Um, yeah, so I guess we're going to talk about what happened in, from last night's tournament. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a champions and challengers bracket again. Uh, it was uh, very interesting on both sides of the bracket. Uh, but why don't we start with the challengers? Because that's where a lot of the uh, excitements and upsets I saw happen. Uh, it was a little, uh, it was a little crazy on that side. Yeah, there were a lot of crazy upsets. And what I came back home from a golf session I had with my brother last night. And I couldn't believe the amount of upsets that happened. Yeah, we also had a new participant that was, it was their first time in our tournament. And they actually just kind of ran through, I believe, the winner side of the bracket. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Um, so, do you think, was, do you think uh, he's, uh, do you think he's champion caliber or is still challenger caliber? It's hard to say without actually playing him, but yeah, yeah. I could tell. I could tell by the his movement and the way he knew the matchups. He definitely is like in the middle between challenger and champion. I could see him like beating maybe one or two players, like the champion players, but he would struggle against the upper cast. You know what I mean? You think? Yeah. I feel think, before um, we get too far, let, let's just make sure that we give him a bit of credit. Uh, Gnarly was the person who had joined our. Uh, they, in our bracket this last time, and they kind of ran through the bracket with their Bowser. Yeah, he actually tried to join last week, but his connection uh, d- didn't work, uh, wasn't working, so he couldn't get to play that week. So he got to compete yesterday for the very first time, and we didn't really know what what seating we should give him. And apparently he's friends with Deemer, so Deemer was the one who actually introduced him to the iPlay Games event. Did Demer kind of like give any hint about like uh, where he he like placed in terms of like like ranking? I asked him that, and Demer just didn't have any idea where to seat him. So I just felt like any guy that you don't know, you just the rule of thumb is just to always just give him the bottom seed and just mm-hmm. see like how well he would perform. <laughs> That's yeah. always rough because then you're going against the best players. But I understand where you're coming from. Um, I thought I thought he did very well. Um, Solidus, I believe, did take a set off of him in winners and brought it to the Super Grands, right? No, actually, no, it's, it's the other way around. It was oh, it's the other way around. It was okay. gnarly who beats uh, Sol- is it Solidus or Solidus? I would say Solidus because it's like Solidus Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's true. So I would say, (laughs) so Gnarly beat Solidus 3-1 and then Gnarly beat him in Grands 3-0. Got it. Okay. So I didn't, I thought, I thought it was a reset. Never mind. Um, That, that does speak some volume. Um, I think that does speak some volume. Um, And I would probably put him in the champion side next time he, he does this and we see how he goes because uh yeah i mean if you run the table you prove yourself right (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I would just yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that he beat Solid is pretty solidly, you know. <laughs> Um, just shows that like he's just a level two above like all the challenger players. Personally, for me, I thought Manic was going to sweep the entire thing by storm. Oh, I don't think I was able to watch a game with Manic. Um, who did he play? He uh, played Manic played Phil on the winner side, and then went down to uh, Survivor side and played Deemer. Uh, both games, it looks like uh, Phil or Deemer both took it as two one. Manic, uh, want me? I'll give you a history about Manic. Manic is a guy that he used to be like the host of a local sm- Smash oh, tournament. <laughs> yeah, so he was like a he was this host, and he would run like the small little local that RP4 and I used to go to every single week. I don't think have you ever met? Um, I don't think uh, have you ever met Manic before, Bobby? No. No, yeah. uh, the local I joined was after he left. Um, oh, okay, so that you invited me to. So, oh uh, yeah, so he that was like during the Smash Four, and that's when you stopped playing altogether. Yeah, I didn't really play Smash Four. Okay, so he was like the host, and he was r- pretty good at the game. Like he would get like top five, top eight at a lo- at the locals almost every week. He would attend. Sometimes he get like third place, hmm. and he was a cl- he's a cloud main. From Smash 4. And one day he messaged me on Discord and wanted to do like a best of 10 with me. And he still mains Cloud. And I thought, you know, he had a pretty good understanding of the neutral. He knew how to apply good pressure and, and spacing and things like that. I wasn't sure where to put him, like whether or not I should put him in challengers or champions. But there were some things I felt like that was holding him back from, you know, being in challengers bracket. So I felt like maybe it's safe to put the newer players in the challengers bracket first to see how well they would perform. And I, I would say that Cloud is a lot harder in Ultimate than it was in Smash Four. You know, I didn't, I didn't play Smash Four competitively, but I, I did play it, and I can tell you that Cloud was was pretty. Pretty uh, uh, easy. Uh, it, it was Smash Four was pretty much a cloud bayonetta game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so, all it is. Uh, I, I can tell you that that cloud is a rougher time in Ultimate than he than he did in uh, Smash Four. Uh, so I don't know if he does hasn't played Ultimate a lot and he's just trying to play cloud like he was playing Smash Four. Um, I believe he's an um, I believe he's an old school epic player, so. He did try to play Cloud as if it was Smash 4 because whenever he would hang off from the ledge, he would use a lot of like down rising down airs off from the ledge to hmm. try to land safely. And he would rely on this neutral airs as an offensive tool. Yeah. It's pretty different than what I've seen for Cloud this game. I think that back air is one of his main neutral tools for ultimate. I would agree. That... Um... Uh, you know, I, I would agree. Yes, neutral is more of a defensive tool. I feel like now than an offensive tool. Yeah, it was a shame that we didn't get to see Manic uh, on stream at all. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they join in a future tournament and we're able to feature them a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mean, it was really good to see Deemer, you know, having that long losers run and play and placing third. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Deemer did a pretty good job. I, uh, I was kind of like, like just surprised by his improvement, like he because he wasn't placing very well for a while. He had a phase where he just wasn't doing really hot. Uh, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, he – I don't know. What do you think it is, um, Chompy? I, I can or, tell you like, that I did first attend him, um, like, an hour before the tournament. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if that had any, any factor of him being able to warm up. Uh, but he, <laughs> he did reach out to me. He did challenge me to a first of ten. And we did play. And, um, and yeah, I, I – Fundamentally, uh, he is. I, I did see some improvements, so I, I was happy to see that. The other day, he wanted to play friendlies with me. We didn't even do a best of ten. We just played like hours of friendlies, and eventually, I was. I did some Lucina dittos and was discovering some Lucina tech that I noticed like he wasn't even doing, and I just told him to use more up tilts as like. Starter juggles, so like you get one hit with an up tilt, and you can really juggle them for days with the, like one or two up tilts, and you can get like an up air and forward air strings and so on and so forth. And I was showing him that, and I saw him using a lot, utilizing, yeah, utilizing a lot more up tilts in his gameplay than I've seen him use b- before. Yeah, his up tilt is really useful. Um. My my buddy Hazen play Lucina, but he'll like when he gets bored, he'll like mess around with Lucina. And it's like for people who like to jump a lot, like I, I tend to jump a lot, and it's it's just miserable trying to get in. <laughs> like uh, other than I like I just feel like I end up having to like just like it's forced me to find different options just because Lucina's up to like covers so much and it comes all so fast and it sends you straight up. So even if you come back down. And you get hit with the you know the very end animation of it, you still get sent like back up in the air. Yeah, Lucina's up tilt is very strange because it will send your opponent at an angle where you can't, where you can either like hit follow it up with uh, back air, or you can actually turn around and do another up tilt on them. Mm-hmm. And it requires a lot of technicals movement where you just have to like you know perfect it in order to pull off those strings and i've been uh, and i yeah and i guess like i've been just trying to tell them to just like watch those videos to mm-hmm. learn like how to play the character properly and and then he's and he's been doing a pretty good job with like reading the notes i've given him and applying him to his gameplay but uh I think the best way to be able to see if a player is ready for the champions is to see like them like winning like multiple like top twos in, in the challenger bracket. Yeah, yeah. If you can if you can get top two like two three times in a row, I would agree with that. Um, un- unless unless it's a newcomer who runs the table, I would say. Um, but in general, I would agree with that. Sure. Hey, can you guys talk me through a little bit of, about how you seed the Challengers tournament? Are you seeding everybody, or is it only like the people that you're expecting to get to the top? 
yeah, the way we do seating is just based off of like past performances and just like how well you you could see like a a, a specific player perform. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of like upsets that we just did not expect to happen at all. Yeah, sure. so to answer that question, I think we do seed everyone like from first to last. Uh, okay. Are you suggesting we can also try not seeding everyone? Or yeah, I don't know for other tournament organizers. I know that Josh, who used to be the head TO for the Minnesota scene, uh, he would generally just seed the top. I want to say maybe sixteen people, um, but the tournament that he would organize would frequently have ninety plus entrants. So I think part of it is just not accurately being able to seed every entrant to the tournament. But from my experience, um, being new to the game, because Smash Ultimate's really the first competitive fighting game I've ever played, um, having random seeding past the top few people gives you a lot more diversity in who you're going to be playing from week to week. And while it does introduce some sort of randomness to your opponent and how you might end up also matching against somebody who's newer to the game. I think that matching to other people, even on the winner's side where you're like closer to skill level, being a newcomer can be a huge um, motivation to get better because you have that opportunity where you, you win sometime in winner's side and it feels so good and, and going like not O2, especially getting the win on winner's side can be incredibly motivating. I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, But I think that um, it could be done that way, maybe for larger tournaments, like when we can do Mm -hmm. combined. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think you would need more people to eventually go down that route. I think we'd have to grow this to like, 30, 35 people to start to do that. I, I, I think that the group right now is not quite large enough where you'd get that match variety you're talking about by having random seating, if you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, right now we have about like 25 active members. For sure. Hypothetically, if we were to get the turnout we had last week, in, uh, which was about 19 people, how, where would you stop seeding? Uh, I'd probably just seed maybe the for for lower amounts. I think that I would stop seeding maybe top six, especially because we have uh, that much more people. That way, you'd you'd still probably get a really exciting winner side finals and loser side finals, and then grand finals, even semifinals. You might get pretty good matches. Um, but I think it would have to be some sort of proportion of the total entrance and not just a blanket number. At at 16-ish people, when there's going to be 90 entrants, that's only, you know, it's it's basically like 20% of the entrance. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's something to consider. I don't know... Um... That's that, that number about about six uh, is about half. It, it's like all the champions showed up and we had eight eight, eight champions. It's like it's mm-hmm. like three quarters of the champions maybe. So yeah. I don't know yeah. where you where you do the cutoff. The, the champions get seated and everybody else is random. I'm not 
100% sure, but um, certainly can be looked into. I don't, I certainly am in favor of having everybody play different people all the time. I don't think you'll never really grow as a player if you play the same matchup over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that we've been, I've been like looking into. It's just like from the past brackets, it's just like making sure like, we have like players just play against like different players. Like, you don't like how many times would you want to see like the same, like, would you want to have like the first seed playing against the 16th seed, like over and over, like you want to just, you know, shuffle the seeds to make sure that you're going to go up against like different players, you know, each bracket that they attend. Mm -hmm. That was actually part of the reason why we, uh, we did the whole split between like champions and challenges is because, you know, like, uh, some of the the lower seeded players were like, Hey, I always get to play you chompy all the time. (laughs) Like, it's like, sorry. (laughs) Uh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I I felt that way. Like Haven lost has joined probably five or six tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the first time I ever got to play him. Yeah, I was actually some kind of surprised. Yeah, I'd never I'd never faced Haven before. That that was crazy. I'm like, oh my god, we finally get to play after five tournaments. We've never run into each other. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I how was your, yeah tell us your experience with Haven Lost. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, like, yeah, yeah. So how did how did you how did it feel? Like did it feel like uh like it was like an adaptation thing or like was it like very I wasn't able I to know. adapt until about game three or four. Okay. And um Zero Student's very, very good at running away. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's very, very hard to catch Zero Suit Sandus. Um, no, but around around game three or four, I started reading the down B, the down Bs a little bit more, and positioning myself in a way where I could, uh, I would try to force it, and then I'd have to go for a read after that, just because Zero Suit Sandus is so fast. But if I make two reads in a row I was able to like get a strong forward air in rather than in the beginning I was taking me uh, it was essentially free disengage out of disadvantage and I would have to restart neutral so yeah I I eventually was trying to get to the point where I could I, I could read if I read two options I would be able to get a successful punish in rather than um, just letting neutral reset for free because she's good at neutral, or she has no disadvantage state, rather. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my greatest complaints against ZSS. Yeah, I still have a hard time trying to trying to catch um, Haven losses ZSS. So yeah, that's, that's that's really good. I guess like part of the reason why I'm like still my my matchup history with him is like really in his favor. Is we've played so many times and I still haven't like figured him out. But like that's, I guess that's actually really good advice. I'll, I'll try to take that advice too. Then, See yeah, it's can... not, it's not easy. It, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's not easy because she's so fast. But just, just I think you just try to have to bait one option, and then <laughs> if you can successfully read the second, 
you'll be in position for a punish. And it's just she has the jump, she has the downer, she's just so many disengaged tools. You have to you have to make two reads in order to get to her. I see. Think of it like this. You're fighting a boss. You want the boss to throw out an option, but you can't punish it or capitalize it the first time you see it. So you see, you're, you're eventually you're going to see it so many times that you're going to figure it out. So you're, you you want to look for that one option that the, 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 these Zero Suit Samus players like to do. So they like to use their upbeat uh, boost kick. So you're going to, you know, look for that option and do your best to punish that. Um, and also some of the other options that they'll do is they'll spam the down air. So, or not. And so you're going to, you know, try to space yourself out with that and try your best to punish that accordingly. I mean, it's, it may sound easy in theory, but in actual it's a lot harder than it actually sounds yeah sure and i and i think you know try you can't you know combat her frame data because it, it's just so fast that your characters are not fast enough to be able to combat that you just <laughs> you yeah you, no. can't, you just can't but 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 like rob and link which you both play Start your reads by getting a projectile out there to force her to use her down B or jump, and then you're one read away. That's that's kind of what I was going for. Hmm. Cool. I appreciate that advice. While we're on the topic of reads, I think that's that's one thing that I'm personally like. I feel like I'm right on the fence of figuring out. Um, I I'm getting to that kind of plateau where I feel like I I have fairly good fundamentals as far as playing my character and maybe picking up other characters but the thing that's stopping me from getting to that next level is really being able to adjust to opponents how did you guys go about learning how to start to read opponents and getting that feel of um, being able to sort of predict what they're going to do next so that you can punish it it's not easy I mean I I even struggled against it last night against Luxray uh I, I think I may, after talking to Chompy, may have figured out some strategies, but I'll have to go back to the drawing board and see how yeah. it works. Yeah, you were, you called me up last night, and you were you were going over like like everything that happened in that matchup against Luxor's Incineroar, and it's not easy. The especially when it's matchups that you're not familiar with, and just trying to figure out how to play around it and so the issue the issue is really um now that i've played him enough i i feel like i can look for things and, and start to call them habits but the real tough thing is in a, in a three game match how many times do you see something before you can call it a habit That's true. like <laughs> yeah like I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like the amount of times Luxray was uh, crouching. Um, when he would crouch, he normally would always go for his revenge counter on me. But sometimes it would be a spot dodge. Um, and sometimes it would be uh, like something else, but not, not too often. But because he was mixing it, his crouch up from 
like I was I was struggling with a revenge counter because of the boomerang just was coming back and he'd get a free revenge counter on it. And so I was I was struggling with that a lot. But I couldn't adapt to it right away because he was mixing that up with spot dodges. So it took me it, it's taken me games, let alone sets, to try to pick up on that. So it's 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 not easy. It's at least for me, it's it's not easy. I couldn't catch on to it right away. It takes a lot of matchup experience against a specific player and a specific character to to try to do that. It's 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 essentially going to come down to a lot of experience. Cool. Yeah. So like, let's pretend, for example, that. You see Luxray throwing out the side B. I don't know what's what it's called. The I guess you can call it the grappler for at the for the moment. So every time he whiffs, and if you see him either rolling or spot dodge, you just gotta catch those two um, mm-hmm. defensive habits and just do your best to capitalize it. If you don't know what they're going to do the first time they, they throw out the move, just respect that option. But once you see it, them using that move so many times and in a situation where they whiff, that's when you begin begin to capitalize it. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, that I, makes I total sense. mention that, that spot jobs is insanely broken online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cannot, there's not enough. Like it's punishable offline, but online is just oh my god! That extra five is like you, you can't you can't get in there and punish it. Looking up. So, Zeno, uh, I will say uh, so. It, this is something I still need to improve on too. But I think uh, it was something we kind of noticed in the challenges bracket when Solidus was playing Gnarly a lot, where uh, Gnarly would. Uh, Consistently combo break his uh, his up airs with his uh, with Bowser's down air, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's one thing where it's like when you're as a, a spectator, you you pick up on those habits a little bit different than when you when you play. So like I felt like we noticed those habits more because we're like hey, we're not like you know our our what is it our brain is 100 percent committed to like you know observing as opposed to like trying to observe and to play. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think one thing that, like, you know, that I personally, like, have been trying, at least today when I was playing online today, I would intentionally, like, not, like, commit to a combo that was not, like, a, uh, what, what was, it was basically a combo reset, an American reset, <laughs> Street Fighter terms. But, like, you know what I mean, right? Like, to intentionally just drop it and see if they would try to do, like, some sort of uh, unsafe reaction to it, like an air dodge or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you, that's the thing, it's like, you get, the things that you have to, when you're play, when you get into a match with somebody, the things that you have to look out for are, um, what did they like to do when you're juggling them? Do they like to burn their second jump? And when, and once they burn their second jump, then at that point, all you have to look for is, are they going to use it, their air dodge option to? And if they use their air dodge option, at that point you can just punish it with a fully charged forward smash. But right, if, they'd be out of options at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if they throw out a 
Ariel to stuff out the, your aggress out the option, then you can just all you have to do is just space your space out their option and just punish that accordingly. So it's just a lot of like trial and error at that point, really. And I mean, that's just I mean we can go on and on, but there's like all kinds of different options and. It, the game is very deep, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about uh, fighting games in general. The mind games that you get to play with your opponents is something that you really don't get to experience in a lot of other games. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say, like, fighting games are kind of like, it's an intimate thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, when you're covering so many different options, I mean, that's when you get to, you know, exploit their habits. So if you're, so it's like, if you're seeing a Lucina throwing out down tilts um, in their shielding, so most likely, you know, you're going to just see them like rolling right through the down tilt. So like the next time you, the, the next time you, the Lucina throws out the down tilt, all you have to do is just maybe, uh, you know, space yourself where you can just pull, where you can just catch their bad habit by by you throwing out a fully charged forward smash. Mm-hmm. I uh, so actually, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna change the topic just slightly. Uh, do we want to go back to the uh, the challenges bracket? And was there any particular player or match that any of you guys found pretty interesting. Mm. Like, what do you mean? Like, was it, was it any, interesting as in like, was there any one of them that like, that was uh, threw you off? Like, or like that you, the, was that you remembered a certain detail about it and you're like, Hey, I remember this was a really interesting match. I, you know, I didn't expect PJ Pete to place as far as I thought he was going to place. Oh, wait, how how well did he place? Let me go. Oh, he got all the way to, like, loses four. Yep. Yeah. He got fifth place. Mm-hmm. Which was really impressive in my in my book. Was he, was he playing more Piranha Plant or more uh, uh, Isabel? Um, probably see. Isabel. He mainly plays Isabel. Yeah, Isabel is his main. I'm also, and... I'm also really impressed by Titan as well. He has come so far. He's he used to go zero and two in every single tournament, and now he he placed fifth out of uh, out of essentially thirteen to sixteen people. Mm-hmm. Um. Really happy with, about his um, improvement. Has he been doing first to tens with any of you guys? Frequently, <laughs> yeah. He, he did with me one time, and then ever since then we didn't even play each other. He okay. did. He did with me once as well. Okay. Uh, I wonder... We did a lot of. We actually did a lot of fox dittos, and I was trying to show him kill confirms. Okay. Uh, yes. 
seems like he's picked up Samus as a in case he can't rush you down type of character, which is fine. Samus is pretty Samus is pretty good in standard online. Um, you know, she is what she is. She's going to throw a lot of projectiles with you, and she's going to roll away. <laughs> um, so that's, that's fine in certain matchups, uh, but I do hope uh, he sticks with Fox. I think that's his. Uh, I think I think that's where his bread and butter is going to be. Yeah, I want to say in watching his matches for commentary, I've seen more diversity in his game plan with Fox. I think with Samus, it's a bit more linear of an approach. Um, yeah. And just getting to see his Fox while he does sometimes sit and spam the laser, he also likes to go in. And I, I like to see that, the, you know, a different change of pace throughout the game. And I think that really I, benefits him. I think his Samus does well against people who just can't deal with projectiles and spam. Um, but mm -hmm. the higher level he goes, he's going to find that's, that is less effective and he's going to need to rely more on... Um, uh, fundamentals, and and that that's going to really shine on a character like Fox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, you, things that may work on one player will not work on the, on another player. Uh, like I was noticing him rolling a lot, and you know, like I said, you can get away with that option. But you're not going to get away with that option, you know, throughout the whole course of the match. Which is, yeah, which separ separates from top players as opposed to mid-level players. Mid sure. Yeah. How much, um, do you guys know how much Shaj went Meta Knight versus DDD? Uh, from what I saw, it was mostly Meta Knight. I know that against Denisha, he switched after the first game, uh, where he lost with he lost with Meta Knight, and then he switched to DDD for the other two. Okay, I think his DDD is actually pretty good. Um, I just think, yeah, I think his DDD is pretty good. Um, I, I definitely find that interesting because uh, that he that's an interesting pairing he has in terms of mains. Uh, essentially, it's characters who have who try to eliminate disadvantage from multiple jumps, um, but have their own unique fundamental flaws uh, to compensate for that. Um, yeah, I, I find that I find that interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to get to play against his DDD before. I know I've played against his Meta Knight. Um, in, in my experience playing against DDDs, though, it's pretty frustrating just considering <laughs> their weight. Uh, yeah. It's so hard. So hard to get that kill. And someone who knows how to use the Gordos is just definitely annoying. But um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, with how well he did in doubles. Uh, I actually would have thought um, maybe it was just synergies, but I, I kind of thought he would have, uh, I don't know, maybe gotten top four or something. Yeah, I actually felt the same. Like, well, my experience well, from watching Saj and uh, 
So there's a couple of players. I feel like Sajin Jestoki and even Tanisha. I felt like those three. I would have expected them to do a little bit better. Uh, I'm not. You know, it's nothing taken away from that. It's just like it's like wow. Like like it was a pretty intense bracket. That's just all. Right. Um. Yeah. I, 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 again, this yeah, this isn't to call them out, but I I also would say that I think these are almost the same players who have not taken first tens and stuff like that. Um, uh, so true, yeah. I think um, I think there's definitely something to be said uh, by reaching out and 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 asking for advice. Um, so um, for those who haven't done it, let me just say that the invitation is always open when we want you to improve. Yeah. How would they go about uh, reaching out to you? Discord, probably. If and if you're not on the Facebook group, this Discord, and we will happily, happily say yes any day of the week. And don't be a yeah. So like a like RP4 said, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and we are always there, you know, if need be. And if they and if we say that we can't do it you know then you know just which won't be the case right (laughs) yeah so we'll just so we can that's when scheduling you know uh takes place so if we say we can't do it you know right now then we would say well we can do it in either tonight or if we can't do it tonight then we could do it another day so but yeah so and then, so when that happens, um, you know, you do your best of 10. And then after the best of 10, you just, you know, ask them, ask the the person, okay, what did you do wrong? And then you just ask them, oh, okay, maybe instead of, you know, using this and doing that, you should maybe start, you know, doing this and that you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and then write them a summary, and you know you just write you know email them the summary, and then they'll look over the summary, and yeah. you know invitations always open. That's that's all. I'll leave it at. Um, is there any um, anybody else you guys want to talk about? So, I, I will say I don't think we really talked about we, we talked about Demer's run. We talked about Gnarly's run. I do want to give props to, yeah, Solidus as well. Um, this is the second time. I think, did he take the first challenger bracket the first time we ran it two weeks ago? Yeah, he did really think, well uh, when, he, when we did the very first uh, challengers bracket. Yeah, I uh, think he, he was top two in that too, right? Yeah, I think he was to, uh, he was top two. I always forget because I think there was some sort of mix-up, but he so was he got, uh, definitely... He got top two there, and he got top two here, and we said a little earlier on the podcast that if you start to get multiple top twos together running together, mm-hmm. we would consider we would start to a promotion to the champion bracket. Um, and you know he's he has done that. Do you think? Do you think he's ready? Do I think he's ready to compete in the champions bracket? Yes. Do you think do I do you think he's ready because because he's done well in the challenger brackets twice in a row? Do you think he's ready? Think he's ready to try to take the next step? Hmm. 
Well, you know, Solidus is just one of those players, hot and cold. Yeah, he's just one of those hot and cold players where he will do well one day. Next day, he will struggle. Um, so you feel like it's a matchup thing? Uh, I think it's it could be place matchup, and I think it also could be play style, and I think it also be caliber. So every a lot of things you know takes can take into place, right? I think yeah. what you were saying though uh, was that with Solidus, if he's able to show up and get that top top one or two in the challengers brackets another time, then we should definitely consider moving him up to the champions bracket. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's something that where I would want to ask him about uh, which bracket would he rather enter, at least for now. Um, I haven't personally gotten anywhere close to that, but I think that while I would feel honored to have that invitation to go up to the champions bracket, I might opt to stay in the challengers bracket for a little bit just to get more matchup experience or more more matches within a tournament. Um, if he feels that way, I would understand that. Um, but if you know, if he wants to take a shot, I would also understand that too. I, I want to give people a chance. So I think he's Absolutely. proven he's at least deserved a chance. Sure yeah. thing. And yeah, and I think that's where asking them would be the first step to go. Okay. Yeah. So we can look into that then. Yeah, so again, you know, Solidus is just one of those players where um, he will give players a good run for, for their money, and then the roadblock ends there, right? I guess, so... Wait, wait, I'll, I'll let you finish your, your thought. Like... I, I think I kind of see where your concern is, champion, on, on Solidus, where I feel like when he when he's hot, he's, like, really hot. But, like, when he uh, when cold, he's approached cold. with situ- – yeah, when he's approached with situations he doesn't know how to deal with, like, it's it's like it's like he's having a bad day. What, what, what I'm like, trying to say is he'll, he'll never grow yeah. as a player. I, I'm, I, if he wants to play within his comfort level and always play the challengers, I support that. But if he mm-hmm. wants to – if he wants to try to grow as a player – he needs to take chances and he needs to take risks and he needs to, and he needs to take a shot. And I want to offer that an opportunity if he wants to take that opportunity. I agree with that actually. Yeah. So um, whether, whether he runs into a cold night in the, in the champions bracket, if, if that is what it is, then he goes back down to challenger. But I think he, I think, I, I think, you know, if he, if he does well one more time, I, a shot is warranted a chance. So that's that's where I'm at, by the way, because I, the whole point of the challenger bracket is to improve to the point where you might be able to one day move up to the champion bracket. It's so you can get a lot of matches and improve your skill. And, and so far, he's been the most consistent player in the champions bracket. I mean, sorry, in the challenger bracket. So that's that's where I'll leave my thoughts. But we'll see how next time goes. And then I don't know. Maybe I take it upon myself to reach out to him. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, you know, again, with Solidus, um, with, with Solidus, he has, 
he does well. You know, he's very consistent. But and so his biggest rival, I would say, is Miles, right? Uh, if, if he could take, him, if he could take <laughs> a game off of any of those players in a two out of three, even if it's not a set, even if it's a game, that that would say something about his improvement. I w- let me just say. So I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Let's 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 not dive too much into it and uh, mm-hmm. leave it at that. And we'll see if he remains consistent for one more time, and then we can rediscuss. I'm okay with it. Uh, so wait, you brought up Miles Chubby. Did he play this last tournament? I don't remember. No, he did not. Okay, he didn't. Okay, I'm looking at the bracket. And I don't. I didn't find him. No. no, Miles was not in the most recent one. I think he was in the week before that, though. Okay. Yep. No. Um. I'm looking right now. I'm pretty sure he was in uh, IDM 11 because I played against him. Yeah, so So, yep. yeah, he okay. wasn't uh IDM 11. It looks like he struck out in uh losers round 3. Losers round 3. Okay. Who did he who did he lose? To? I was just kind of curious. He actually lost to Solidus in that one. And I believe uh when we first did it doesn't matter 10 where it was the challengers around Robin um, within the round Robin itself. Uh, Miles lost to Solidus during the round Robin and Solidus and Miles technically ended up tying for top. And then they had like a tiebreaker outside of it, but that's a whole different story. Okay. Yeah. I'd like this. I'd like to see how well Miles performed uh, too on the next, the next tournament that Miles attends. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, uh, um, yeah, do we want to move on? Do we have any? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's move on to another topic. Um, I do want to mention, I was cutting off on this before, uh, obviously, yeah. but yeah. I did want to revisit, uh, how you, uh, Zeno's, uh, essentially picture of the bands and stages. Uh, I thought that was very awesome and i wanted to see how you guys felt the updated three bands and stage striking rules went i think that moving to three bands was very very good uh i'm a little bit more questionable about stage striking uh although i think it was the right move i also not sure if it was confusing to some people that it was not an even format it was a two three one you know i think that we we gotta let it play out for a while I think there's some confusion just because there's been changes recently and uh, people didn't really know what to expect. Um, I also know that there, there's definitely people who weren't looking at the graphic, uh, which, you know, is kind of to be expected. But I think if we keep pushing it, it's going to standard or like ev- or smooth out over time, okay. uh, especially if we keep mentioning that the graphic is there for reference. Uh, I know that there were a few people that mentioned that the graphic was really helpful to them. Uh, help to clear out what the rules were. Um, but 
if we can continue to encourage the usage of it, it's only going to get more smooth. Then let's then let's keep it as it is. Let's not make any changes for at least a couple months. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what people are going to settle on with the with the small battlefield. <laughs> there's no offline tournaments going around, so there's nobody. Uh, every everything is everybody that's creating new stage rules right now is completely off of speculation. There's no tournaments running. Yeah. So well, we're doing the best we can. I would well, say. we'll just wait for after like what after when October first rolls around. I'm sure they'll have like an established stage list by then. Yeah, we can then reference some people, but I'm fine. Yeah, we can wait till October first. Push push what we have. Get everybody used to it. And if someone comes up with a better idea, we can look towards that better idea. But, you know what I was thinking was, is there like a thing on the Discord where like it automatically sends the message? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if we can like have like a bot message that just posts out the stage bots. list. Sure. Uh, so, you know. mean like um, if like, you were to do some sort of command like exclamation mark stage? Or well, something like that. Yeah, but it would just automatically be posted. Like, okay, it's like set it for like seven o'clock. Like when seven or what time is like you guys live out in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Is it? Are you guys an hour? Same time. Same time. Oh, okay, so at seven o'clock, the the message would pop out, pop out. Like you know, uh, they would just post like the uh, the graph instead. Of just uh-huh. the players just manually like. You know, go into the channel. The the bots are usually pretty flexible. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be anything beyond you know what's possible. So, hmm. like if we well, can somehow, I know, like, pro- like if we can somehow program it. I know that there are reminder bots. Uh, I've seen a friend of ours use it, um, and it can send a message. So uh, there is the link that Discord hosts the image at, mm-hmm. and it could automatically send it out. Uh, I do wonder if having some sort of chat command would be more helpful. And if people started getting used to using it, I know that I tried to send the, I sent the stage list at the beginning of the tournament, but there definitely were people that must've missed it. Mm. Um, So I think if we can, as the tournament organizing assistants, just kind of encourage the usage of it just by monitoring chat and just mentioning it from time to time, people will get more comfortable referencing it. Yeah, I, I forget to mention the 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 only issue right now. Oh, it's not really an issue. It's just something to consider, is uh, the fact that most most people are on Discord via the mobile app, and it's not mm-hmm. a very it's it's kind of kind of a pain in the butt to like you know switch channels and like you know but hey where's mm-hmm. this channel with this graphic? So it, I mean I'm just I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying let's just also try to be understanding that like you know it's kind of confusing to navigate. Yep. Yeah, channel. changing channels is can be a little bit difficult. That's where I wonder if we could find a bot that can have a chat command that we could do like exclamation mark stage list or exclamation mark lobby. Uh, that that the lobby could give the information for Kevin's uh, stream lobby, and then the stage list can just prompt with the directions for the mm-hmm. stages. You know, I've got an idea. Instead of Kevin posting the lobby code every time. There should be like a rule where like everybody that ha- should like add Kevin as a friend on the switch, and all Kevin has because all Kevin has to do is post his password. Yeah, and then essentially because you just join by the friends list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
You don't even have to like type in the front the lobby code every time. It's a possibility. So like Kevin can just post his Nintendo Switch friend code like in some channel somewhere and people can just and say like in maybe make a like a like in bold pot, you must add Kevin as a friend, you know, in order to join his lobby. Do you really do you really think you're gonna be able to get every single person who wants to join the tournament to add Kevin as a friend though? I don't. Um, well, I think well, that would be helpful because I think like if you want to play in these tournaments, it's helpful to be committed to like at least come to a couple and not just do one and you know just be a one and gone. And, and also, think, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, uh, that's that, I think that's one thing that like because I uh, you know my very first no my second tournament I've I've ever played I was like I wasn't even sure I was gonna play I was just like, oh I'll probably never play this tournament again, but and then like. I, it's it's just helpful to like the, the group as a whole if you like come uh well I, okay so i guess what the point i'm trying to get at is that most people they don't uh, a lot of people they don't like the idea of adding someone as a friend unless it, it means something to them on the switch i feel yes and I feel like, yeah i yeah. feel if you're taking the step to add kevin as a friend that that at least means that you're willing enough to commit to at least a couple games i guess it would also be good for ipg Outside of Smash 2, with all the other events posting, I would imagine. Yeah, so like what Kevin could do is like he could, you can just post it in both fonts. If you want to join like the Smash tournament, you can just add me as a friend. And that way, Kevin doesn't have to take pull out his phone to take a picture of the um, lobby ID number and like post it on there. I mean, that takes like probably the what 30 to 45 seconds to do the whole thing. He could he could literally if if everybody added him as a friend, he wouldn't even have to post a password. He could just set the lobby to friends only. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That is true. You wouldn't even have to post lobby information. Yeah. That's right. I mean you could just delete that whole channel you know, <laughs> completely disregard that channel. It would it, it, it's something that can be discussed, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to discuss that with Kevin and um, and you know, grab his attention. The other thing I wanted to mention is: Do you think um, the bots? Since we were talking about the bots, do they have the ability to like? Are we able to have the bots like assign instructions? Like, say, hey, you're striking first. Like, just to get people to to do that. <laughs> so oh, basically, the bots would decide. Like what Zeno had like suggested, like with a coin flip, but except taking a step further and like actually deciding. Yeah, not not. You ain't gonna rock paper scissors online, like I mentioned this a couple oh, weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, that, 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 uh, that, that one that. guy did. So I yeah, so I I would say it would not be a bad idea to just have, you know, tos randomly decide who's striking first and have a bot assign it. I don't think that would be actually too bad of an idea, but I don't know if that's something that could be discussed or if that's too much work and we need to just let everybody who's playing each other kind of organize it themselves. Um, but I think it would be good to promote the action of striking instead of gentlemaning PS2 all the time. Um, Cause that's go ahead and gentlemen PS2 all you want. I just think that you're going <laughs> to play to your best when you're striking. <laughs> yeah, no, actually um, if it weren't for the stage uh, bands, I felt like I 
wouldn't have been able to take the two games from Luxury yesterday, actually. Right? Uh, he, he's very yeah. isn't he good on PS2. Yeah, I feel like he yeah. plays that stage all the time. I can't beat him on that stage. <laughs> I have to take him to. I have to take him to. Not, a little bit. Sometimes I would say less standard stages, <laughs> just because he's so good on PS2. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if we'd be able to find a bot that would automatically say, like, okay, you're the one striking first, unless we custom-built it. Uh, there are definitely bots that will allow you to do, like, dice rolls, and then people could roll for initiative, basically. Um, but it would be based on chat command. And again, that it's, you know, we'd have to get people comfortable using those chat commands, see if they actually use it for calling the stage list or figuring out Exclamation mark roll or something like that yeah, uh, to see so who like, would go first. What? You 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 beat the other person in initiative. You get to strike first or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. I can see it, honestly. Um, I mean, people who still gentlemen and just not go through that process. But for those who want to go through that process and can't decide. Or I, I see. I often find there's a lot of confusion when I because I I like to strike. I don't like to just generally PS2. I like to play on a variety of stages. I like to use character matchup knowledge to try to pick the stage that will best suit me in, in this particular matchup. But you know I don't. I hate discussing who's striking first. It's just it's just like I don't know. You want to do it? No. I, do you want to do it? I don't know. It's just like no one can make a decision. So. <laughs> I understand. Like for you, sure. as long as someone is striking, then at least like you know you you have some sort of input into like yeah. I, I just want something to be decided. Mm -hmm. uh, I I just want to get to the striking rule set, and I just want it to be decided. I don't really care who strikes first. I just want it to be. Uh, I I just want to move forward, move forward yeah. quickly with the process. I, I think the the appeal for for like you know be, the beginner players is just you know for them it doesn't matter so much they just want to play. So I can see like you know for people who are first just starting, it's like they they they're they're still trying to learn like you know the the mechanics, the fundamentals, and you're gonna and, gentleman PS2 anyways. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this this is only gonna apply for people who want to strike. Mm -hmm. And I I think I I think if a bot was created. Or if a player wants to strike and they could use the bot to do so, I don't think that would be a bad idea. Yeah. I think that'll be very useful if we can somehow manage to pull it off. And that would solve all of our problems, hopefully. And hopefully that'll, you know, introduce this to players who are very new to the Smash community that in like in a tournament sense. That for those that are not familiar with tournament stage striking, you know, I could probably, I've, you know, I don't, I've never written a bot before, but I mean, I am a developer, so I'll look into this actually. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> yes. Thank God. God bless you, coders and developers. Thank you. I'm not a very good developer, though. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not, you know. Sure. Neither am I, but you're better than me. I, I do, I do finance. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we? Uh, are Are we ready to call it, or is there anything else um, you guys want to talk about? Uh, yeah, there is one more thing that I wanted to go over for next okay. week. Mm -hmm. Um. So, actually, starting September first, 
we'll have a brand new Smash PR. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, so, uh, how how does that work? I guess I don't know what what the role of a PR does. Um. So, Zeno, player. I think the most important thing is that it it, it tracks player improvement. Yeah. So um, what PR me- stands for is power ranking. Oh, power ranking. I thought you meant like public relations. I'm like. Oh no! no oh no! No no! <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So power ranking. For those of you who've never heard of it, it's basically um a way of like keeping track of like where exactly the players rank based on like tournament performance and like tournament results, players you've beaten, things like that. It it. Things that don't factor it are doubles results. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would have to, like, you know, figure out, like, you know, what kind of, like, power ranking we're going to have. Like, should are we still going to run, like, the top five power ranking? Or do you think we'll have, like, a top eight or top ten? I think we have enough people where we can maybe uh, expand it out to top eight, if I could be honest. I think we, the team's grown enough. We should also discuss uh, qualifications. Like, you have to at least participate in more than at least two, I would say, or three. Yeah. Uh, because, because Probably three. Like, yeah, because uh, we're not going to put, like, Mr. L, because... Yes, uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, no. yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I feel like it'd be possible to see Afro one more time, but I, I, I haven't seen him since he came. Uh, yeah. Uh, Raman, he came twice. So, yeah, he could, he could make it. Robin could, Robin could yeah, based on coming twice, I would say he could make it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think two times is the limit. If as long as you're not a one and done, I would say you could make the rankings. But it's it's you have to be. I, I it has to be twice within a two to three month period. It can't be like once four months ago and once recently. No, that's that's not good enough. The the power rankings are essentially. Updated every two months. Is that correct, Ricky? Yeah, that's what Kevin. Uh, I'll have to ask Kevin, but yeah, Kevin. So, did, actually, Kevin did say that it is going to be every two months. So um, show up, show up. You 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 have essentially this is run every every week. There's eight sessions. You have you just have to come to two of the eight to qualify. I don't think that's extraneous. So if you can make two of the eight sessions. You can qualify for the rankings. Oh, okay. So two out of eight of the weeks of the tournaments uh, in the last two months. Sure. Yeah. So um, the thing it so the thing it works is uh, that with power rankings, it's I would just say like let's say you attended like once like, but then you know so when September first rolls around, everything gets reset. So. It, you if you attended once but like you attended twice that do, like once in September and then when November first rolls around like that doesn't work like that you have yeah, to like so it's essentially a brand new season like okay no I, I, I like that idea um what we'll have to do is we'll all I think we'll all have to like look over the tournament results. Because we have like all the tournament results like posted in the Smash um, channel somewhere, the tournament results, and we can just like really like look over it and like really like uh, delve deep into it and just figure out like 
I think we could actually, honestly, we probably could do like a top 10 if we really wanted to. Because, mm-hmm. like, I could agree. Should we do? I mean, yeah. I, I think if we do top 10, it would be very encouraging for people to be like, like, there will be a lot of people in the threshold who can easily move up and down. Because there would be, there would be challengers in the top 10 if yeah. we did top 10. It would, you, you would essentially encompass at least the top three challengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess we could, we'll talk about this like, um, you know, for next week, if we want to do like, just like a top 10 PR show mm-hmm. and we could just like talk about like the, pl- what, you know, we can like do like uh, bottom to top, like just do like one person at a time and like go over like some of the, like the, pl- the, the players that they read, they they defeated to get like tenth place and some of their qual their strengths of the player and some of the things that they need to improve on so on and so far so. But uh, sir, anything you guys uh, have to say before we end the show? Nothing for me. Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good nope. now. I got some things I have to take care of right now, but <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we'll end the show, and thank you for those of you who tuned in tonight. And, um, you know, look forward to the Power Ranking show, and you guys, uh, you know, have a good weekend, and have a good night. Awesome. You as well. Have a great weekend, everyone. Yep.